and that is the level of commitment that a person um, is prepared to make in order to make a commitment, a promise uh, with the shedding of blood. And this new covenant has been uh, signed with blood, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that offers to you and I a more excellent ministry as a mediator of a better covenant which has better promises. Let's read verse 9 and then we will pray. Hebrews chapter 8 verse number 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to sing and to meditate upon your greatness, O God. And I pray as we study your precious word this evening, Lord, teach us concerning your greatness, that we will be loyal and faithful to you alone. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So this better covenant is mentioned there in verse number 6 via a mediator which is Jesus Christ and it is established based upon better promises. We noted in verse number 7 the old covenant in reference to the Mosaic law uh, spelled out very clearly in Exodus chapter 19 all the way through to chapter 31 had its shortcomings, had its faults. It revealed man's need of sin, but it could never remedy sin. So therefore there was a need for a new covenant. And then we noted verse 8. Verse 8 where the quotation is taken from the book of Jeremiah chapter 31 and that is that God promised something better in this new covenant. And note that little phrase then, verse 6, better promises, plural. This new covenant promises uh, so much more. Uh, the new uh, covenant found in the person of Jesus Christ began on Calvary in his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension, seated at the right hand of God the Father, intercedes on your behalf, my behalf. And in Christ we have great and precious promises. We have the promise of eternal life. And that's something that we need to value, that we are not as men uh, in darkness, living in uncertainty, but for you and I that have trusted Jesus Christ as Saviour by faith alone, Jesus Christ said, I give unto you eternal life. It's as simple as that. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we have better promises. And in Christ, God has promised us something better. We move on to verse number 9 and uh, the Bible gives us the third reason why this new covenant was necessary. It was needful because of disobedience. Upon receiving the old covenant, the law, via Moses, Israel said, we will obey. 
we will obey in Exodus chapter 19, verse number 8. But it wasn't long before they were making a golden calf in direct disobedience to the first and second commandments. And the rest is history. The book of Judges teaches us in chapter 21, verse 25, um, that every man did that which was right in their own eyes. And in Isaiah chapter 53, the Bible likens you and I to sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. So this new covenant is needful because of Israel's failure. They failed miserably to keep the demands of the old covenant. You have deliberately disobeyed my words and lived contrary to my will. That's what God is saying concerning his people. Just keep your finger there and turn back to Jeremiah chapter 31. This morning we only read verse number 31. Let's read verse number 32 and and this next principle is emphasised right here. Jeremiah 31 verse number 32. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. So the author of the book of Hebrews quotes right out of Jeremiah chapter 31. My covenant, in reference to the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and all that was intertwined with that, although I was a husband under them, saith the Lord. So God spells out very clearly the reason why there was a need for a new covenant in the person and work of Jesus Christ is because the old covenant was not kept. It was needful because of disobedience. It wasn't working because they were not following the instruction manual. God gave them a very detailed instruction manual. And the same is true at times for all of us. A way, a product is just not working, we would say. And we and the reason being is because we refuse to take the time to read the instructions and carefully follow the guidance. we end up giving up and convincing ourselves it doesn't work. It's like having a recipe in front of you and not following the recipe, thinking that we know better, thinking, well, I don't think you really need that much salt. And lo and behold, at the end of it all, it doesn't work. Why? Because you didn't follow the recipe. So in theory, that recipe is tried and proven. See, somebody's taken those ingredients, used those portions, applied those portions and the end product is there. So a failure to follow the instructions um, doesn't lead us to where we need to be. And the nation of Israel followed, uh, failed to follow God's instructions and therefore they forfeited the right to go into the promised land as a first generation people. 
And I think so often you and I as God's people, we, we settle for less than God's best because we don't follow the instruction manual. You know? We don't follow the guidance. There are so many creams out there to remove skin irritation. I think we've all been guilty of purchasing a cream and then uh, applying it maybe once or twice, thinking, oh, miracle, uh, my irritation's gone. And lo and behold, within six months or a year, we have the same skin irritation. And we continue this process uh, time and time again. But if we would t- take the time to pull out the instructions, we'd probably find that in most of these uh, creams, it reads very clearly that you've got to continue this habit for uh, two, three weeks, even though the so-called uh, symptoms are gone. See? So we don't follow the instructions. We wonder why we end up with the same skin irritations. And we wonder why we struggle in the Christian life because we don't follow the instructions. And God said to his people, we need a new covenant because the old covenant, you broke it, you disobeyed it. And, uh, and you and I as God's people need to learn from the example of the nation of Israel. See, God offers a new covenant. It is based by grace alone. It is based upon grace alone. It can be applied to a person's life and we can live to the full under this new covenant if we obey the instruction manual which is the word of God. It's the better way. And this is why I think so often many of God's people struggle. I think this is why many of these Hebrew believers were struggling because they failed to follow the instruction manual. Their forefathers failed and they didn't have the privilege of entering into the promised land except for a select few. And many of God's people, simply because of plain disobedience, we won't read the instruction manual, uh, we fail to enjoy God's best. See, there's nothing wrong with the product. It's our failure to read and follow the instructions. Biblical Christianity, my friend, if we live according to the word of God, it works. It's a life abundant. It's the abundant life. I know it's true. I know when I do not live according to God's word, I have struggles. And, and, uh, and uh, it's been tried and proven that the word of God is true. And biblical Christianity works if we follow the instruction manual. And God has given us a new covenant because it was needful because of disobedience. It's wonderful to see that we have um, some young uh, families developing in the church and it's wonderful to see uh, newborns. And I'd like to encourage you parents that the Word of God, it works. It teaches us how to raise our children for God's glory. In Ephesians chapter 6 it teaches very clearly that we are to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They need instruction and they need discipline. They need instruction, they need discipline. This is what the Word of God teaches. And the Bible teaches us that man's heart is sinful. And the Bible teaches us in Proverbs 22.15 Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. So parents don't spare the rod. If you want to uh, raise a child that will fear and honour God, don't spare the rod. See, this is what God is teaching us within the instruction manual. People are trying to avoid the instruction manual and they're wondering why they're raising brats. 
They're, they're raising rebels uh, that uh, are making no positive contribution to society. So may God help us to understand and appreciate that in this new covenant, in the person of Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to receive God's gift of eternal life by grace, through faith, and God has given us a manual on how to live and to live a life abundantly. The next principle I'd like for us to note is found in verse number 10 of Hebrews chapter 8, and that is that this new covenant is very personal. It's very personal. Note then verse number 10 of Hebrews chapter 8, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Go back to Jeremiah chapter 31 once again and note this element of this promise quoted here in the book of Hebrews. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse number 33. And this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. So this new covenant involves a personal relationship with our great high priest Jesus Christ. The old economy, the old covenant, the Mosaic law, God's people could approach God from a distance. Remember, they would go to the temple, they would have their offering, They'd hand over their offering to the priest. The priest would apply their offering. But God was afar. God was in the holies of holies. You couldn't visit God in the holies of holies. Only the high priest could go in, but only once a year. But this new covenant, purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, enables you and I to know God in a very personal way. This personal relationship is clearly spelled out here. There is a presence of God and a relationship with God. And you and I as God's people need to be thankful that biblical Christianity is not do, it's done. Not a matter of you and I trying to earn our way to heaven. The work has been done in the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as a Bible Christian, I have a relationship. That's something I didn't have as a religious boy. I didn't have a relationship with God. God was afar off. And I was reminded of that the uh, not-so-regular times that I went to my Catholic church. Uh, The ceilings were so high and it seemed like God was so far away. And, uh, And yes, in religion, God is afar But for those of us that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, we enter into a relationship with him by faith. And it is within this new covenant that we have this better promise that we can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our great high priest, who is seated at the right hand of God the Father, who intercedes on your behalf and on my behalf. God identifies with us 
and we can identify with him as our Heavenly Father. Note the application there in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Note there verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Verse 18. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God, the Lord Almighty. There's that personal relationship. If you go back to Hebrews, please. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. One of the great benefits of this personal relationship that we have in Christ by faith, part of this new covenant, that God is no longer afar off, He's very near. We are the temple of God as Bible-believing Christians. Note there in Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Remember the old economy, the Old Testament? Only the high priest could go into the holies of holies, the presence of God. But note what the Bible says. Let us therefore come boldly, openly, open invitation, unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. That God's going to be merciful to us. Oh, we need God's mercy, do we not? And find what? Grace to help in time of need. So one of the great benefits of this new covenant, this personal relationship we have with Jesus Christ, is that God is no longer afar off we have been made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's within this personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ we have the presence of the Holy Ghost that brings to remembrance His precious Word and guides us. So this new covenant is all about a personal relationship with the God of creation and that you and I as His people are the very temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the dwelling place of God. No longer does God uh, abide in the holies of holies. You and I, as a Christian, become the holies of holies, so to speak. And, uh, and we have His presence. And we ought to thank God for that. It is best to know Jesus Christ personally as Saviour. And God is saying to these Hebrew Christians, why are you ending going back to the temple and offering those sacrifices that even in all that you can never go into God's presence but in this new covenant you have a relationship with God himself. And you can enter his, into his presence whenever you have need. God will be merciful to you and he will provide grace to help in time of need. And God's people said amen to that fact, I trust. It's all inclusive as well. Note there, in, go back to Hebrews chapter 8, 
verse number 11. This new covenant is all inclusive. Note then verse 11, it reads, And they shall not teach every man his neighbour and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. From the least, pardon me, to the greatest. This new covenant that God spells out as better, better covenant, established upon better promises, it has no barriers. It's all inclusive. See, Judaism is for the Jew only. The old covenant. Not for the Gentile. But this new covenant is available for all. It is not only personal, but all can partake, whether Jew or Gentile. Note the wording there in verse number 11. For all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. To know the Lord, is it possible, whether Jew Outside of being a Jew, the answer is yes. All shall know him. Through the line of Abraham, God said, through your line you will be a blessing to the whole world. And what was meant by that was the promise of a Messiah. That salvation is not only of the Jew, salvation is for all mankind. He came unto his own, his own received him not, John 1.11, but to as many as received him, To them gave he power to become the sons of God. So this new covenant is available to all that will come and receive Jesus Christ by faith alone, the gift of God which is eternal life. How could a non-Jew ever meet the demands of the law? Impossible. And earn righteousness. It's not possible. Was God partial? Is salvation only for the Jew? No, when God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a blessing to the whole world, he was promising Abraham that through your line I'm going to provide a Messiah that will provide salvation for the whole world. And that's where John 3.16 comes in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All inclusive. This new covenant is all inclusive. The old covenant, it was in relation to the Jewish people alone. But when Jesus Christ came into the world, he came into the world to save sinners, of which you and I are chief. And he shed his blood. He made a new covenant. This is an eternal covenant and for every man, woman and child that repents of their sin and invites Jesus Christ to be their saviour, they can be part of God's family and enjoy a personal relationship. It is all inclusive. Even though salvation has been provided for you and I through the Jewish nation, salvation is available to all mankind. For Titus 2.11 teaches us, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. It's all inclusive. That includes you. That includes me. 
That is best. All inclusiveness. That no matter who you are, no matter what colour eyes you have, what colour hair you have or how much hair you have or how old you are or how young you are, how tall or how short you are, no matter your weight, in Christ Jesus there is level ground and in Christ Jesus we can become one of his children and, and be a part of his eternal family. It's all inclusive. Oh, God also promises forgiveness. See, God is trying to encourage these believers to appreciate what they have in biblical Christianity. And here in verse number 12 of Hebrews 8, the issue of forgiveness, the promise of forgiveness. Hebrews 8:12 reads, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. See, this new covenant is better because it offers full and complete forgiveness. The word sins here is in reference to offences, that which offends God. Iniquities is in reference to that which is in violation of God's standards. Your sins, your offences, your iniquities, where you've violated God, where you've you've violated me, God is saying, will I remember no more? With the old covenant, atonement was provided for sin. What does the word atonement mean? It means a covering. Temporary. See, with that sincere Jewish man or Jewish woman or child brought their offering to address their sin and the priest took that offering and sacrificed that offering. There was no forgiveness. It's important that we understand that. There was atonement. The word atonement means to cover And it was with the hope that one day the Messiah will come and he'll take all of this sin that is under the atonement and deal with it once and for all. So within the old economy, atonement was provided for sin and that means that there was a temporal covering until a time yet future when the Messiah will come and he will deal with sin once and for all. And in this new covenant we can rejoice in the fact that the Messiah has come. He has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And as the Lord Jesus witnessed that Samaritan woman there in John chapter 4, he said unto her in verse 26, I am he. You're looking, you're waiting for the Messiah, I am he. He is this new covenant that promises final and full atonement for sin. Quickly, Romans chapter 5, verse number 11, makes reference to that full and final addressing of sin. This is why you'll find, if you look up the word atonement, you'll find 99% of the time it's in the Old Testament. And there's a reason for that. Because it was covering, covering, 
covering, covering, with the hope that one day sin will be dealt with. And note here in Romans chapter 5, verse number 11, the Apostle Paul, under divine inspiration, addresses this fact. And he said, not only so, verse 11, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now, what's the next word? Received. The atonement, that is the final payment, the final dealings of our sin, the atonement. And every Jewish mind would have understood exactly what he was referring to to the fact that all of those years and their forefathers had presented all of those offerings, they could never provide forgiveness, they could never provide forgiveness, that we can joy in God, in the person of Jesus Christ, there is complete and once and for all, final atonement, God has dealt with our sin once and for all, and this atonement here is in reference to forgiveness. Therefore, this is a reality for the child of God, the promise of forgiveness. Psalm 103 verse 12 reads, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I trust you've received that forgiveness. I trust you value full and complete forgiveness in Jesus Christ. See, biblical Christianity is, is a better deal. It's best. Better than any religion. Because it's based upon better promises. The assurance of our sins forgiven once and for all. And therefore we can claim 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess and forsake sin, he promises to forgive, he promises to cleanse once and for all. We don't need to live under the hammer of guilt that pounds to the ground and for some it pounds them to dust because they don't understand forgiveness. Many today are struggling with so-called mental illness so simply people that are victims of guilt. They don't understand forgiveness. They need Jesus Christ and they need to understand the forgiveness we have in Christ. This is the new covenant. This is what God has provided for us with blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. And last but not least, this new covenant, verse number 13 of Hebrews 8 teaches us that it is permanent. The new covenant is better because it is permanent. It replaces the old covenant which was only for a time and it puts in place that which is permanent based upon better promises. Note then verse 13. In that he saith a new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So the old covenant which was temporal with all of its rituals and ceremonies served a purpose. And what was that purpose? They were to foreshadow 
the coming Christ. And that was stressed there in verse number 5 of this chapter. talks about a pattern of things to come. So it served a purpose. But God tells us that it, is, it has been replaced with a new covenant in Jesus Christ. So there's no need to go back. And for some of these Hebrews, they were, they were envying the possibility of going back and offering that lamb or that turtle dove. Because that's what they used to do. And this was a failure to appreciate the fact that under the new covenant in Jesus Christ, in knowing Jesus Christ as Saviour, He shed His blood once and for all. And He provides complete and full atonement for sin once and for all. And we don't need to uh, try to cover our sin. We are forgiven in the person of Jesus Christ. Note the words old there. Waxeth old. Note the word decayeth. Ready to vanish away. The old is replaced with the new, which rests on better promises. The assurance of forgiveness, the assurance of once saved, always saved. It served its purpose, these Old Testament rituals to point you and I to the person of Jesus Christ and Colossians chapter 2 verses 13 to 17 teaches us that when Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross all the demands of the law were nailed with him. So for a Bible believing Christian to live according to Jewish law is contrary to the word of God because it was abolished in the blood of Christ the new covenant. He shed his blood. He was buried and he rose again and he made full uh, payment for our sin and in him we have forgiveness. It's a better deal based upon better promises. The old will pass away and the new will remain forever. This new covenant, it's permanent. Our salvation is permanent. Our forgiveness is permanent. Our all-inclusiveness is permanent. Our relationship is It's permanent. It's a permanent relationship. Beloved, biblical Christianity is the best deal. Do we believe that? And are we proving that by the way we live? That to have Christ is to have all? And this is what God is trying to emphasise to his people here. So God has clearly spelled out not only concerning the fact that the new covenant is superior, but he's made it very clear that it's superior because it's better, because it's based upon better promises. Because Jesus Christ is our eternal high priest. He intercedes on our behalf at the right hand of God the Father. And I trust that you and I know the forgiveness of sin. I trust that you understand what it means to be forgiven. I trust you understand what it means to have a personal relationship with Christ. See, up until the age of 14, I was a religious boy. I believed there was a God. And I was hoping my good would outweigh my bad and that I would possibly get into the pearly gates. But I was so grateful that somebody opened up the instruction manual, the Word of God. 
And help me to understand that God's gift to mankind is eternal life in the person of Christ. And we receive that gift not by works but by faith and by faith alone. And I as a little teenage boy received Jesus Christ as my saviour and I entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ and I was born into God's family and I became a child of God and uh, some time has passed since that day. But I can still say to you with full assurance I'm still a child of God. I'm still enjoying his forgiveness. I'm still enjoying the all-inclusiveness. I'm still enjoying the relationship that I have with him because I know it is permanent. Now for those of us that are Christians, do we value the fact that what we have in Christ is the best deal possible? It is best. Because if we do, I trust that our lives reflect that fact by surrender, by commitment. And obviously that was lacking amongst these Hebrew Christians because they didn't appreciate, value, understand what they had in Christ, the new covenant. So in summary, this new covenant required blood to be shed. And the blood that was shed was not the blood of bulls and goats, it was the blood of Jesus Christ. And because his blood was shed, you and I can enjoy forgiveness and we can enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ who is our great high priest. He is eternal and he is a very present help in time of need. And may we as Bible-believing Christians live this better way according to the new covenant. I trust our lives will reflect that we are part of this new covenant. God is no longer afar off. He's very near. In fact, he is with us. In fact, you and I as a blood-bought child of God, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's the new covenant. That's what Jesus Christ purchased. And may God help us to value so great salvation. To value it to the point that we live it out and we testify of God's grace. Let's bow for prayer. Let's stand for a moment if you're able and I'd like for our